For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. <laughs> okay, John, you want to take uh, 13? Okay. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I uh, am speaking in human terms because your natural limitations, for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification or being set apart. For when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. But what fruit were you uh, gathering at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of these things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin, you have become slaves of God. Uh, the fruit you get leads to sanctification, and its end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Well, this is kind of an interesting chapter. It's kind of a takeoff from uh, where we read last uh, time we got together, where uh, it was answering a question. Now, this in this portion, it kind of brings up another question. Because we're under grace, and we're 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 not under law. Does that give us the 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 I don't know how to say it. The, does it give us the right to sin? That's basically what it's saying. God forbid. <clears throat> That's I think the last two verses of chapter five 
give us a running start at chapter six because mm. it says uh, verse 20 there the end of it says where sin abounded grace did much more abound then we see that um, sin reigned unto death even so might grace reign through the righteousness unto eternal life by jesus christ our lord that gives us the springboard to jump into chapter six where the as Irv pointed out, we asked the question, shall we continue in sin that grace may, may abound? And of course the answer is no. How shall we that are any long how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, uh, before we got online, I read the chapter and then I was reading a commentary by William McDonald, and uh, I'm just going to share my screen for those that can see it. I know John can't, but let me uh, just make this smaller here. Okay, the gospel and the way to holy living, that's what William McDonald kind of entitled chapter six. What Paul has said in this chapter, chapter five that grace super abounds over man's sin raising another question and a very important one does the teaching of the gospel or salvation by grace through faith permit or even encourage sinful living the answer is emphatically denied uh, extended over chapters uh, six through eight. Here in this chapter, chapter six, the answer centers around the key word, no, in verse three, six, and reckon or consider verse 11 and the presence in verse 13. It will help us to follow Paul's argument in this chapter if we understand the difference between the believer's position and his practice. And that's, that's the key right there. His position is his standing in Christ. His practice is what he is or should be in everyday life. I'm going to stop reading right there. But I think the idea is we got to get that position and our practice separated in order to understand the scripture. Verse, uh, go ahead. I, I, I just really appreciate the, the distinction in Romans 6, making it clear that our natural body, even though it's the temple of God, our natural body is in rebellion, is naturally sinful, is naturally disobedient, um, is a uh, wild stallion that we um, have to control. We can't tame it, but we have to control it. And uh, it really, um, it, it, it makes me understand the mystery of how God expects us to live holy, uh, living in bodies that constantly uh, pull us towards sin and invite us to sin 
and provides opportunities to sin uh, that requires constant monitoring, control, and self-discipline. It's a wild mm. body. It's real good, Ron. Yeah, we're in these sinful bodies, and we will be in them until uh, the Lord <laughs> takes us out of this world. Uh, and our standing or our, our position in Christ is different than what we're really practicing. You got anything on this thing, uh, John or Dan? Okay, Dan. Go ahead. Well, it refers, what we're to look back at is our baptism. See, in our baptism, the old man, that's what we were in Adam, the old man, uh, is crucified with him, and that body is put to death, is planted uh, in death. And now we have, in the new man, uh, raised up into newness of life. And when we think of our baptism, that is exactly the picture of our baptism. And so we, as we walk the Christian life, are to always look back to our baptisms. That there is where I died and was planted in death, my old man, and I came up the new man uh, in Christ Jesus, and now I am to serve him. And uh, we are to reckon this to be true. But as Romans 7 shows, our body still remains, even though baptized, even though regenerated, our bodies are still in rebellion. Yeah. Still enticing us to sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when that's we, for sure. When we look at baptism, we look at what it represents. And, you know, the baptism represents dying to self, dying into Christ and being raised anew as we have in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, gave him for me. And then we go to Colossians 3.1 and we if risen with Christ, seek those things that are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection. And I think that that's a key part there is affection. Where's your affection? And um, we read that in Matthew 6, that where your treasure is, where will your heart be altered. And so we set our affection on things above and not on things on the earth, for you're dead and your life is with Christ and God. Mm. Yeah, we're uh, we're told that we are being conformed to the image of Christ, and the way we're conformed is is like when you're born, uh, you grow physically, you get stronger, you learn more things, uh, you mature, and we are to mature in our Christian life in the same way. And we have to do that by feeding, by eating, 
and we feed on the word of God. And uh, we would not be conformed to Christ uh, unless we are, first of all, we have to be in Christ and Christ in us. And then we have to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. We have to become more like him. And how we do that is we have to die to self and be alive towards the things of God. We yeah. put all our sins behind us. That's baggage that we shouldn't try to carry forward into our Christian life. We are dead to sin, but alive to God. And just like uh, Dan shared, I've been crucified with Christ. Now, physically, I'm still alive. I'm here, but it's not me. My old self should be dead and my new self should be alive or the person that I am in God now or in Christ. It's a, it's a, it's an ongoing thing <laughs> and we'll never reach perfection until we go be with the Lord, until we get out of these sinful bodies. We can't yeah. even understand what, what a world without sin is like. Yeah, yeah. There's so much sin around us and in us. That's First Corinthians. This yep. mortal put on immortality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in, in Colossians, even though crucified, these bodies are always ready and willing to sin, always willing to act according to, to, act, to act contrary to the spirit, constantly in rebellion. You know, it's a constant battle, but Jesus enables us to fight it enables us to win it mm -hmm. yeah and there, yeah mm -hmm. yeah sin is uh just it's in us well uh, it, it it's in us but it's not on us put it that way mm -hmm. but the we, we the old man as we think of the old man as talked in the chapter before that that was adam the that the first adam is crucified. We're not in him anymore. And so all the sin and stuff is not upon us. It has died. And then the new man uh, is Christ Jesus. And uh, we have righteousness now. Now, this is our identity. And therefore, because this is our identity, our direction should always be to follow the Lord. Now, this doesn't happen in our lives a lot of times because we will, first of all, ignore the scriptures and uh, desire to fill, fulfill the lusts of the flesh. But uh, uh, this is our identity, and we are to reckon it true and to live for God because that is who we are. We are God's children now, mm -hmm. and we're not to allow sin terrain in our mortal bodies though uh, at times it does and but that's we're to put that to death and struggle with it like uh like was said already so yes in colonial the, the battle that makes it so clear to me is i'm type 2 diabetic my my spirit and my mind know that if i eat the wrong kind of food i could die 
but my body longs for banana splits, longs for ice cream, cake, and cookies. My body this today, five minutes from now, my body would willingly eat a whole fruitcake, but I know that that would kill my body. And so my spirit and my mind have to rebuke what my body is demanding and asking for and wanting and has to rebuke it and deny it in the name of Christ. And I have to claim the victory over the flesh, over my body's natural desires. But it's a, it, it is a spiritual battle that I am enabled to win only by the empowering of Christ with the gift of self-control, which he gives and it makes me control what I let this body eat. Mm-hmm. In Colossians chapter 2, again, verse 12, it says, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also we are risen with him through faith of our operation of God, the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him, the Lord Jesus, the dead, and you being dead in the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened or made Five, together with given you all passes. Then verse 14 says blotting out ordinances mm-hmm. that was a, when criminals were taken to be put to death or to be sentenced have a, a placard hanging their neck of their offense what they had been accused of what they were guilty of and we see that the Lord Jesus, those that ordinance, plotted writing, and he nailed it to his own cross. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about grace, the grace of God is able to cover the deepest and darkest of sin. It covers where grace abounded. Sin, or, I'm sorry, where sin abounded, grace did much profound. So the finished work of Jesus Christ was more than ample to cover all the sin that was written us. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing about the Word of God is there are things happening to us spiritually that's hard for us to understand. So God gives us something physical so we can relate to something spiritual. Amen. Like like in our baptism, it says right in our baptism, we were buried, therefore, with him in baptism uh, into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, as you were sharing out of Colossians, uh, was raised from the dead, the glory of the Father, we too, might walk in newness of life. So uh, I remember when I got baptized, water baptism. I mean, my mother probably got me baptized when I was a child, but I don't, I never considered that my baptism. Uh, But when I got baptized, I was 40 years old. John knows it. I got baptized in a swimming pool at a nun's retirement uh, place. Uh, and 
I had some nuns witness my baptism. And one old nun even said to me, she says, I've never seen a grown man get baptized. And I explained to her that it was a picture and that it was just like when I got married and my wife and me exchanged rings. The ring didn't make me married. It was just a sign that I was married. And a baptism is the same way. It's a sign that I now belong to Christ, that I died with mm -hmm. him, and that I was raised in newness of life. John, I'll remember, I, <laughs> I was a real heavy smoker. And uh, I had planned on going down in the water with a pack of cigarettes in my pocket. And I was going to die to cigarettes. Well, <laughs> I was so worried that I wasn't going to be able to quit smoking. I started to quit a long time before I was baptized. So by the time I got ready to be baptized, I already had quit smoking. And I didn't want to put a pack of cigarettes in my pocket because I didn't want to get tobacco in their swimming pool. <laughs> so I didn't do it. But it actually, we see the physical aspect of the spiritual. So we are to reckon ourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God. Now, am I physically dead? No, I'm spiritually dead. Right. There's, a, there's a difference. Uh, so. yeah, what, you were in, what you were in Adam, you're dead to that. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's similar. I always think it's similar to the Emancipation Proclamation where slaves were free. Now, they, they had a new identity. They, they were free uh, to go their own way. And some of them wanted to remain in slavery because it was so uh, different for them to, to live a life deciding every decision on their own. And they were, well, they didn't have no money either, but uh, some wanted to even remain in slavery. And a lot of times as we, we look at this chapter, I think that uh, people uh, sometimes want to go back to sin when they are new creatures in Christ. And uh, uh, they are told not to because of who we are. We are God's children now. We are children of light. We are not children of the night. That's, that's very good, John. That's a good illustration. You mentioned the invisible thing. That's Romans 1, 20, 19 and 20. That which God is man made known, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him, God, the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even mm -hmm. his power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Mm -hmm. So we look around and see the creation. We're talking about the beauties and the glories of paradise. And, you know, we go out into nature. We go out into the creation that God has given us to look at. And the beauty of flowers and the beauty of the way the animals move with the beauty of the clouds, the beauty of the sky. Just the incredible breathtaking Things that we have with the mountains and the um, the physical aspect 
creation are nothing but a foretaste of what heaven, I believe, will be like. But we, but we have the invisible things are told to even the God, everything about God in nature or nature, mm -hmm. everything, I'm sorry, everything nature shows God is what I'm Well, you know, just like we were when we were saved, uh, it takes faith. Uh, and it was counted to Abraham. Uh, for righteousness. Yeah, it was accounted to him for righteousness. It was his faith. He believed God. And just like now, we have to believe what the scripture tells us. Even though... We look around physically, we can't see it, that we are new creatures in Christ. But we are, because the Word of God tells us that. And we have to believe it, and we have to accept it by faith. Uh, and then we'll be, as verse 8 says, For if we have been united with him in his death, likewise we shall... Uh, be united with him in his resurrection. And and this that's something that's future, but we are alive to Christ right now. So in a sense, we've been raised with Christ and we are to uh, be seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yes. Mm -hmm. We also see in first there where Christ being dead, dieth, death hath no more dominion over him. Mm -hmm. For that he died, he died unto but in that he lived, God. and that would be well what he did. Yeah, Jim, I think we're starting to pick up some feedback from you again, but it's it hasn't been bad tonight, but it's starting right now. I can, I, I can tell when it's got a little window around you. Would it be all right if I, I, I mute you again? Sure. Okay. I'm going to mute you. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's look on a little bit further here. We won't get through this chapter. So verse 11 says, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we, we understand reckon is to consider or to, um, to put that on my account. And in Philemon verse 8, Paul, he tells um, Philemon, to put, if Onesimus had done anything that he owed, put it on my account. And so that's what we do when we reckon ourselves to be dead to sin. We put it on God's account, on the Lord Jesus Christ, on his account. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, he bore his, he bore our sins in his body. Yes. And uh, yes, and he took the penalty for our sins, and in turn, 
he gives us his righteousness. Yes. Not, not our righteousness, but his righteousness. And he gives us the ability to do verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Apart from Christ, we're not able to do that. But the Holy Spirit regenerating us, um, rising us above the reckoned to be dead natural body, therefore do not let sin. So we are enabled by the Spirit to not let, not allow sin to reign in our bodies, to not allow our bodies to run our lives. Yeah. yeah. You know what? When I read that verse, uh, I see where I can do it. I can let sin reign in my body. Yes. Because we're told not to let it reign in our body. Right. So it's Amen. possible that we can. That's when we live by the flesh. Right. And that's when we grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, we yeah. have a choice. Every day we make a choice to either live for God or live for self. And sometimes we want to live for God, but self gets in the way. That's our enemy, our flesh. The flesh, the devil, and the world, they're out there tempting us every day. My wife uh, wanted to watch that football game last night. She says, and the commercials were so bad, she says she had to turn it off. Can you imagine that the commercials are so terrible? And, 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 and you know, that's we're living in the devil's world. And every day we're dealing with sin and we have to make choices. We're in the days of Jeremiah with America on the road to judgment and rebuking by God. I believe that it's not global warming, but it's global judgment. All these weather yeah. conditions that are extreme. I believe that God is judging the nations, judging America with all these global ex weather extremes. Yeah. Yeah. It you know, warming, you know, they talk, they talk about global warming. It says, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? That's going to be global warming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, today, my son sent me a link to a video. It's two and a half hours long. I watched an hour and a half of it, and it's so good. I'm going to tell you just one little part of it. I know it has nothing to do with our Bible study, but they've been investigating where Sodom and Gomorrah was. Yes. They think they found a spot. Yes. And I didn't know this, but brimstone yes. will burn. That's burns. right. You set it on That's fire. Right. And burn. Yeah. And he covers that. And the crossing of the Red Sea, he found a spot and they found uh, chariot wheels and, you know, from uh, Pharaoh. Yeah. And there's so much evidence that they're, they're finding. And he covers many topics in it. That's why it's uh, two and a half hours long. John, I sent, an, I, I sent an email to you. So you guys got it. Yeah, can you post? Uh, can you post that link in Messenger? Yeah, can I can post? do that. Yeah, yeah, I, I please, can do that. Mm -hmm. Please post it in Messenger. Thank you. Yeah, I'll send it to you, and I'll send it to uh, Dan, and okay. I'll even send it to Jim. <laughs> All right. 
Okay. You see, and um, it says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And we see in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. Um, in him. That's the key. In in, him. Yeah. And then in... Yeah. Uh, Second Corinthians 8, verse 9, it says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be made rich. And so once again, we see our standing, we see our position in Christ, and it behooves us to have a practice that matches our standing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, move, moving on to verse 15, John kind of covered this, but it talks about our practice. It says, What then? Are we to sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves, to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey. And then it goes on to tell us that if we obey sin, we're sin, we're slaves to sin. And if we uh, present our bodies to righteousness, we become obedient to, to righteousness. We become slaves to God. And that's what we want. And actually, when you think of a slave, you sometimes think it's bad, but sometimes it's good. To be under the authority of a righteous God is, to me, that's where I want to be. That's yeah. where we should be. Yeah. Well, you know, there's uh, in the, uh, you look back in Genesis and um, you find uh, Abraham, his servant, whom I believe was uh, Eliezer of Damascus, it says he had all of his master's goods were in his hand. He had a very responsible position. He had a very coveted position, and he was a very trusted individual. Plus, he had many, many benefits for being Abraham's servant. And I think that's an example of what we have in Christ. You know, when he he entrusts us with little things, and the more that we are faithful, then we get more of his trust, and he gives us more and more for his glory, for our glory, but for his glory. That's very good, Dan. I'm going to just throw in something long as you're talking about Eliezer. I believe that he is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And, yeah, and... The reason I bring this up is because God has entrusted the Son, Jesus Christ, has entrusted everything to the Holy Spirit, just like Abraham entrusted everything to Eliezer. Yeah. And uh, everything that, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit came upon us, when we gave our lives to the Lord, when we were baptized in the Holy Spirit, we now 
possess everything. We are joint heirs with Christ. I mean, I can't even start to comprehend it. That's so wonderful that, you know, I have a, a father that owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills, 10,000, <laughs> he owns them all. And I'm his heir with Christ. Isn't that great? Yeah. Praise you know, the Lord. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, it's, it's, it's so much more, it's so very practical. Um, I was driving down a mountain road behind a double diesel milk truck um, and three cars. Stupidly, I tried to pass them. When I tried to pass them, the car in front of me pulled out to pass also, forcing me into a wall with a hundred foot drop on the other side of the wall. And all oh. I could do was say, Jesus. And then I fainted. Okay. With moments later, I came to a quarter of a mile in front of the double diesel milk truck and the three passenger cars. I did not drive that car. I was unconscious. The Holy Spirit drove my car past the three passenger cars, past the double diesel, and a quarter of a mile down the road ahead of the double diesel. I did not come to. I was, I did, I was not restored to consciousness until I was ahead of that. The Holy Spirit is so real, he can drive your car while you're unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I... <laughs> That's a good story. Yeah. It's real. It happened. Yeah. And that's only one. That's one of uh, such experiences. The best part about it is he doesn't need a driver's license. That's right. <laughs> and he drives better than I do. <laughs> yeah, there's things happening in the world. Uh, we got a fellow that got saved because a tractor rolled over on him. And, uh, yeah, he cried to Jesus and Jesus saved him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Well, let's continue on. I think we got about 15 minutes left. We can finish this chapter. Verse 18 says, uh, being then made free from sin, he became the servants of righteousness. So how did we become free from sin? And we see in verse 7, that he that is dead is freed from sin. So we have to die once again, baptism being a type, being a picture of dying and rise, raising, being raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. So we become servants of righteousness because we have been freed from sin. Well, let me ask this question. How can a dead man sin? That's right. Because he has a natural, ungodly life. We have, yeah. we have natures. We have two natures. Two natures. Yeah. And so the, the spirit, yeah. spiritual man, I believe, does not sin. But the old man, unfortunately, is uh, bound by sin. Even when we try to reckon him dead, he still brings his head up. Mm -hmm. I've got a little note at the end of uh, verse 19, where it talks about uh, uh, 
Now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. And I got a little note on that word sanctification. It really means uh, to be set apart, to be sanctified. And really, a lot of people get that mixed up with holiness and, uh, you know, it's not really that. It's God has taken us out of the world and set us apart for his service to be uh, obedient servants to God. And if we live a life of obedience to God, we'll fulfill all the law. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love God with all your heart, all your might. You know, this is what we're told to do. This will fulfill the whole law. Like the Lord said, on, on those two uh, laws, or those two, the whole law hangs on those two. Yeah. Not that we are justified by the law, but we are sanctified to obey the law. We're set apart for it. For when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. When we were yeah. slaves to sin, we didn't worry about being righteous. We didn't That's even right. understand it. But now, but the fruit were you getting at that time for these things which are now, we are now ashamed. That was because we lived in sin before. That's where we were getting our unrighteousness. It was the way we were living. But now everything has changed. Where the end of these things is death, but, love that little word, but. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification, set it apart, and to end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What a beautiful way to end a chapter, huh? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Makes you think of Revelations, where the angels are shouting, holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. Set apart, set apart, set apart is the Lord God Almighty. And we as his slaves, we too in him are set apart for him yeah. and to him. Yeah. Yeah. We are free from the master of sin. And uh, uh, it does not rule over us anymore. We can allow it to rule over us. And I believe when we do allow sin to rule over us, our whole being sins. But he is not our master. Sin is not our master. What we were in Adam is not our identity anymore. And yeah. ours now, our master is Jesus Christ. And Amen. so we're to obey him. And a lot of times uh, we... we we rebel against him because of, uh, well, first we have the flesh, the world, and the devil, but uh, uh, we, sin is not our master anymore. 
And uh, that doesn't mean we don't sin, because in the next chapter we'll find we do have sin in us. And uh, but it it's not our master, and we are to stand against it. Now, as citizens of the United States, we are to obey our government. We don't obey the government of Russia or someplace uh, because uh, they don't rule over us. And here, sin does not rule over us anymore. It is yep. not our, our master anymore. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is. There's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. Right. Uh, at one time we were we were in the other kingdom uh let me think of where that is uh ephesians i'll find it here anybody anybody else got anything to share i'll be looking for ephesians here yeah it says here uh, verse 23 for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life and we go over to Second Corinthians, unto God for His unspeakable gift, His unspeakable yeah. gift, and then we go to uh, Ephesians chapter two. That's where I'm at. <laughs> That's the one I was thinking of, uh, Dan. Go ahead. It says, "And you were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world." following the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passion of our flesh, uh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But, that's that word again, but God being rich, in mercy because of his great love which which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins made us alive together with christ by grace you have been saved and the uh and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in christ jesus and that's what i was talking about before being we're already there it's not a thing that's gonna come we're already there that's our position. But we were once in the kingdom of darkness, but now we're in the kingdom of light. We understand where we were and we understand where we are. And that's all because the Holy Spirit has revealed it to us. You got anything to add to that, Dan? <laughs> yeah. I was going to go on to uh, verse 7. And eight, and it says uh, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. It's going to take all eternity for the grace of God to be revealed. Oh. I can't help but think of when yeah. the Lord was on the cross yeah. and the angels in heaven and the heavenly beings, they were standing there and they were witnessing what was being done and they're going to be there in eternity and it's going to take all eternity to witness what christ suffered on the cross and then we come to verse 8 that says for by grace 
are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We know that our salvation is not by works because we see that in Romans 4 where um, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. If he had worked for it, it would have been counted for debt. But mm -hmm. it was it was faith. And then we come to verse 10 and we have, for we are his workmanship, not our own. We are his workmanship created into Jesus unto good works, which God before has ordained that we should walk in them. So once again, because of the gift of God, we are to walk in the glory and the wonder of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. Amen. <laughs> I know we got, we got so much waiting for us in eternity that we can't even start to imagine. Uh, we're, you know, we're going to be so overwhelmed that uh, yeah. the love of God, you know, his love is so deep. And the best part about it is we're in the father's hands. And nobody can snatch us out of it. Amen. That's, right. that's eternal security. Well, we are coming to the end of our hour here. So uh, one of us will have to end in prayer here. And then till next time, we'll go into chapter seven. I know I'm enjoying going through Romans. There's so much in this book. I always called it the fifth gospel. <laughs> It is. It's full of good news. That's right. Amen. Amen. Somebody want to close? Our God and Father, again, what a privilege to have in our hands mm -hmm. thy word and to open it, to just enjoy the beauties and the glory that you have shared with us in it. Thank you for this time, and we just give you praise and glory and honor. And trust that you be with each one here this evening, go with us throughout the week, and ask that we might have our focus on thee. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, amen. Till, till next uh, Monday. Well, thank you, Er. Yep. Bye for God now. Right. You. Okay. Thank you, Er. Yep. Bye bye. Bye. And I'll send that link out to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Oh, I got to end this uh, there.